0: Welcome to the You Are Not Invisible After 50 podcast. I'm Kiran Kumar, founder of Roaring Ahead and host of You're Not Invisible After 50. Despite the title, you don't have to be over 50 to listen to this podcast. No matter whether you're 25, 45 or 65, we can all learn lessons from each other to help us build a better, more fulfilled life. Come listen to the inspiring stories of all of the phenomenal women over 50 who are kicking ass and making impact. They are not invisible. I'm not invisible, and neither are you. No matter what society says, life doesn't end at 50. In fact, it's just beginning. And my today's guest is Sue Worrell. So hi Sue, how are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. Excellent. So Sue and I, just to give you a little bit of a history, Sue and I met a, only a short while ago actually, a couple of months ago I would say, yes. um, and now we're actually collaborating on some work together and I'm an associate with our health academy which we're going to talk about in a while. But before we get on to your story, I'd like you to describe yourself
1: in one line what you are all about. Okay, I am all about health. If they cut me down the middle like Brighton Rock, it would be all about health. Um, and I'm passionate about helping others achieve their optimal health and their health goals through lifestyle and nutrition. And that's the essence of, of what, I'm, what I do every day and what I get a huge kick from.
0: Do you want to share how old you are with the listeners?
1: Um, Yes, I'm not bothered. People get upset about age, but it's just a number. I'm 75 in March, next March, so I'm just going into my 75th year.
0: And can I just say, I'm in awe of you. When I first met you, which is only a few months ago, as I said, you know, I look at you and I'm thinking, wow, look at this wonderful lady doing all this work. (laughs) And I just think, yeah, I'm going to be almost, you know, I want to do exactly the same or repeat that, which is really, really cool. I think you are a great role model for oh, what women you. should achieve for and go and get. So let's begin on this on this story of yours, which is really take us from what are the highlights, what are the down points, you know. So let's start with the, the past. So it's over to you and take it over.
1: Okay, great. And well, I think first of all, everybody should realise that nothing's impossible and that everyone can achieve whatever they want to achieve you just got to believe you can do it even when you get obstacles and just go for it. And that's one thing. I love people who go for it. And that's why when I met you, I liked you immediately because you were go for it and brilliant. So oh, bless my, you. Thank
0: you. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, you are. Um, so my school life was, um, I found say I hated school, but I didn't exactly enjoy it. I'm dyslexic, didn't know I was. I was told that I was useless in school. I was lazy. Didn't want to learn. I was called a sledge on one of my school reports. I'm sure the teachers wouldn't be allowed to say that anymore. Susan is a sledge. She doesn't want to I don't to
0: think it. they would be, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, I kept it for a while because even at that age, you know, I, I think I was 10 at the time I realised that this was unusual. Anyway, um, I always thought I could do better than that and wanted to disprove them in life but struggled with dyslexia not knowing I had it. Went through life. I applied for art college, first of all, and my mum went ballistic because at that time it was the 60s and art college was all about smoking dope and uh, taking drugs. So only child and mum was like, so instead of putting my, you know, like digging my heels in and going, I missed out on that. So I did the other course instead, got married at the age of 20 and was very happy, okay with my lot and looking for working in in with a business before long. And then I um, had my first child. Uh, no, before so before that, just while I was in, working in the business, um, everybody was told in the office, I, I was the head, head of the ledger Department with five girls under me. And we were told, if you go and get a chest x-ray, it was TB was around at that time. We're talking about a long time ago now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So TB was around and it, it was anything for a, a half an hour out of the office, wasn't it? So off we go get tested, everybody came back with a little blue slip saying you were okay. Mine was red and it said go and see your doctor now. So um, I did follow it up and my heart was the size of a small rugby ball. Wow. And I had a huge defect, a hole bigger than an old half crown piece, a huge hole this size, in my upper chamber, septal defect it's called. And my heart had been overworking for years and I didn't realise that everybody else didn't feel like throwing up when they ran 10 yards or that they were so breathless they couldn't speak sometimes. And although I loved games and didn't net- netball, I was known for throwing up in the hedge because I used to get so breathless. So they told me at that time that by the time I was 60, I'd be in a wheelchair. Wow. And unless they could make new hearts, which they couldn't then and they, they can now, I, yeah. um, I would be destined for, you know, not a long life. So that was another thing that I thought, well, I'm not having that either. That's not something mm-hmm. to look forward to. So, went out to get fit. In the meantime, got pregnant and um, felt really good because now I could run upstairs. I, the pregnancy would have been horrendous before and it was great. Had my first child, brilliant little girl, good as gold, absolutely fine. Second child, two years later, cystic fibrosis. So, he was born with cystic fibrosis, and that was a big, another big wake up call. So, I had two massive wake up calls in my life. The first one sent me to get fit and to get more energized, and the second one pushed me towards health. So, from then on, I, did, I didn't want anything to do with commerce or whatever. I wanted to be in health and I wanted to be in helping other people. And that's what put me on the road to becoming a, a nutritionist. And it was about, um, James died at age 10. I got heavily involved with the Cystic Fibrosis Trust and um, did fundraising for them and parental uh, liaison and, and sort of um, sort of parental social work really. And I also learned um, physi- physiotherapy, thoracic physiotherapy, and taught the parents that. So got to know hospitals and working with hospitals and went to lectures in hospitals on antibiotics and bacteria and everything because of the terrible chest infections. So I learned a lot of basic biology that was outside school stuff. And then when James died, age 10, I did a qualification a few years after that and became a a nutritionist. And then from then on, just went everywhere, went abroad, went to America at times. Any really good conference I could get invited to, I would go and learn. And eventually, oh,
0: what an advocate for that, really honestly, taking a negative in your life, a wake up call to then just use it to better yourself but and become better informed and then to go out and help others. I mean that is awesome,
1: yeah, well, what do you do? You just sit down and feel miserable about it or you do something, isn't it yeah absolutely um, and then, because the best thing about me trying to help others was that I helped myself to to a great extent. And so my heart's still a, 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 oversized but not nowhere near, it's shrunk. And um I've been I've been signed off some years. Um and no one ever questions it anymore. So as far as I'm concerned, it's just as good as anybody else's healthy heart now.
0: Well and you keep fit, I mean you you, you advocate that. I mean oh, absolutely. in terms yeah. of what you do even now. So yeah. I think that's yeah. awesome.
1: So what I did then, was started to run clinics, I worked with a personal trainer, started to run clinics and I started to work with mums at the school gate really. People got to know me. So I always had a waiting list, I never had to go advertising or... So then um, I spread my wings and did some stuff with business ladies, um, all families and everyone to start then, business women. And then um, sports people, some a couple of sports guys, golfers, came to me. The word went wrong in golfing, and I looked after a couple of people on the World Circuit. Um, one of them won the Worlds in Switzerland. And then wow. um, from there, other sports people started coming. So I started to work with sports people. And then I opened a, a clinic in London. In um, I just rented rooms. I didn't ever buy any premises or... I just rented space in in so Mm I had two in Cardiff and one in in London and I did that for some years so I was a clinical nutritionist. At that time I was a member of BANT Um, uh, but later on because I didn't do a degree. Sorry, a member of sorry, who? BANT um, British Association of Nutritionists Okay, yeah. Yeah, so um, and then some years ago as I got older, I got to, to 50 and this was the, the the time when I thought I'm spending so much of my time exchanging time for money, and that mm-hmm. all helping is one person at a time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what I would like to do is help more people. So I would like to be at least one to a few, if not one to many, in helping people. And and really, and my my other thing has always been healthcare prevention. Well, <laughs> prevention because the the national health system in the UK. Will never ever support, support preventative healthcare. They say they do it, but all they do is test to see where you are now. I mean, they never tell, do real prevention. And um, in th- two thousand and twelve, I took a Paralympic cyclist who was just a, a chunky monkey on a bike.
0: <laughs> wow,
1: guy. When I met him, he'll admit that the guy. Yes, he was. Um, he'd he'd been two years on, on his back, and um, uh, he'd broken. He had his. his, his Back, his X-ray looks like a scaffolding of a of a skyscraper, but it's full of nuts and bolts. He fell out of the sky in a in a from a hang glider, uh-huh. and uh, was pulled three hundred meters down the mountain. So he's oh, wow. said at T twelve and um, has dropped foot and no no feeling from the waist down. Um, so he it's recovered a bit of weight and he's starting to exercise a little bit and he was starting to ride a bike. And that whole thing was interesting, and working with him, what was fantastic for me was I went, went to Manchester and met the Chris Hoy team, the whole team, and how they measure energy and everything was fascinating. Wow. And I learned quite a bit from a couple of visits there as well. So I got to help Mark to get to 2012, where he was the first, gold, the first medalist to get a silver medal, and then he got another silver and a gold in the Paralympics. Amazing. So I've learned from golfers that golfers, all the sports are mega different. to when you eat, how you eat, what you eat. So the difficulty with one to many or one to a few even with bodies is everybody's body is different. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I try to do is do programs that is a base so that this is the best base for most health situations. Do what you can to get to get the basic health in there with nutrients, sleep hydration, mindset and exercise and get that in there and then we can tweak it for individuals after that. So yeah, we got um, marked to 2012 and then got a reputation with sports, so I was inundated with sports people and then um, 2012, uh, my maths isn't very good, How how old was I in 2012? I was older than 50, but I'd already started to think, I don't want to do so many clinics. so. Um not long after that, after twenty twelve, I had the clinic then I closed the clinic in London, um, a few years after that. And then I closed one of the carded clinics, just run one. Got my office here, I'm in my office now, and I have some people occasionally, and I just take referrals that have got either a big problem or I they've got or that are children or child related, or I just think I can help that person for some particular reason. Okay. So the the thing about clinics is you've spent all day one after them one after the other, some don't turn up as well, and then you've got to write up all the nutrition plans after. And bear in mind when I started there was no internet, no emailing, nothing. Oh no.
0: <laughs> Those are the times.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. And I use a a fantastic supplement in my business, which is gives you base nutrition with tons of fruits and vegetables. And if I rang them about anything, it was called a trunk call to Spain, and it cost me £5 every time. Okay, yeah. £5 was more than, well, like £20 now. So, yeah, so those things weren't easy either. So, moved on, and, um, yeah, at my 50th, i planned to do a parachute jump. Um, didn't get around it until my 60th. So, my 60th, I did a parachute jump. But what I was determined in my 50th was that I was going to fit in all the things that my overprotective mother didn't let me do. <laughs> um, I'm getting through the bucket list um, and I've done an awful lot of it. So I did my free parachute jump, I've done up sailing, I've done some climbing, I've done um, Leap of Faith, which is a telegraph pole thing. Um, I like to be put out of my comfort zone, but if anyone out there can get me on a fighter plane to do the five g's i would love that one wow
0: look at you <laughs> look at you go well let's, hopefully that somebody who listens to this podcast now she'll put that request in for you
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we have no
0: idea where this will go and where we'll fly
1: never know do you never know absolutely
0: not absolutely not so after 50 so and then carry on a little bit further because i know where you're going with this because you and i have just met just recently and I think after the clinics, you closed the clinics down and you were doing some more health work, as you said, just now. Um, but now, so what is like the present for you now? So,
1: so we got up to four years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Is it four years ago? Because with COVID, we've got the years, don't we? How many? We lost two. We lost two. Yeah, we lost two. And then there was a bit of the other one sort of thing. So it's about four years ago. Um, Beginning of 2019 or the end of 2018, um, I wanted to put something online. I wanted to put courses online that were more than just a course. They were like a living course. So when people finished the 12-week course, it would go on. They could become a member and i keep on adding stuff because there's so much knowledge and um, so much knowledge that you you can feed in, but you can't give it to everybody all at once because it's overwhelming and they'll just go, oh, I'll just get on and just get fat and just get unhealthy then because I can't cope with all that. So you have to feed it in. So my idea was to do that and to do it in a way that it was, it, it, that other practitioners could use it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been someone who loves uh, co- collaborations. I, I've never been someone who's terrified of competition. I love working with other people and I've had some really interesting collaborations. And I think um,
0: collaboration is great because, first of all, you and I are collaborating. Yeah. But I think as as I mean, I've just recently I've joined something else. But when you collaborate with someone, you actually grow as an individual, and your business grows as well. And you all come along together, which is so much powerful. And also, I think there's this thing about you know being a lone wolf isn't so great. Sometimes you need to work with other people because you can. You can actually bounce off other people and their yeah. thoughts, and your energies can transmit from one person to the other. I mean, you yeah. and I are always bouncing stuff off. Yes. I mean, yeah.
1: all the time. Like, what should we do next? Yes, <laughs> it's, it's 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 getting us to shut up is the problem, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely, yes. and yet yeah. yes, we've only just got to know each other. Absolutely, yeah. but carry um, on Sue. <laughs> yeah. so, absolutely, yeah. So yeah, I love collaborations, and I think the other thing with collaborations is that. If you do a course with more than one person on there, they, they get more for the same money. They get more. So, um, and the, the, the different personalities are good as well because if you're, if you're doing videos, you know, you're just listening to someone, you can just drift off and lose concentration. So yeah, so I wanted collaborations. And then I went to a, one of the networking meetings. I love networking. I have belong to a couple of networking um, companies or programs or whatever. And I met a guy called Robert Dix I asked Rob a question, and he went in and explained something, Well, oh, you could do this, but like, oh, or we could do this, or we could, and you could do that. So, and I asked him another question. He said, well, shall I give you this? Let's have a Zoom, and I can give you I said, stop. Do you want to work with me?
0: Wow, yeah. <laughs>
1: and he said, what do you mean? What do you mean? I said, there's no money in it. There's no money in it at all. I've just come, like, closed my clinics, and so we've got to build something that we get money from. And he said, Yes. <laughs> He said yes, um, because I think he was excited by what I wanted to build. Yeah. And he was at a point where he wanted to diversify it. So we we started to build, and then we put something together called the Health Hub Club, it was called at first. And we put it online, and we had a hub of articles and information, and we had a free membership coming to link with it on, on social media. We're building more into it, and Rob was finding other ways to do it. And we launched it, although it was pretty rough, we thought nobody's going to look at it. No, we're not advertising it, we just play with it and get it there in the next year or two. And COVID happened and everybody found it. And so we had to run alongside it. And so then we decided to have some associates. We built in 16 associates in different genres of health. Um, And then it was obvious. I think when you build any business, whether it's health related or whatever, the best thing you've got to be is flexible. So we realised we'd made this and it was going well and we were building, but we started to realise that it it what we'd built the platform we built it on had shortfalls and we couldn't make it what we wanted to. So about a few months ago, um we took the huge step of after three years, almost three years working on this platform, we've changed platforms. Um and that's when I met you and you're the first awesome. one in. I you am. Know. I am roaring ahead, and Karen Pumara, the first Umba. one in the new platform. So we've said to will you, you know, come in. Please come in and be a guinea pig, and you've, <laughs> everything's gone through so far, and we know that it's automated. So yeah. So now what we can offer is fantastic, and uh, and it's it's to all areas. And so the the future is about opening a sports section. I've got a meeting with a fantastic sports guy in in a week or so. It's about getting a beauty section in there. And then having all the associates come in in all these different genres, just support them. Because they can come in, but it would be white labels, so it will always be their business, whereas we couldn't do that with the other one. It can be a link to us, but it would be their business. And yesterday, as I was just telling you, um, one of the sections on there is going to be all about something called Tower Gardens, which is about hydroponic healthy growing in a tower. So watch this space for that one as well. That's going to be very exciting.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's all very exciting stuff because now that um, I think you and I meeting was, I wouldn't say coincidence, it was meant to be. Um, And what we're going to be putting together is going to be exciting because we can go off at different angles. So roaring ahead is putting some courses in there. and Of course, you and I are going to be collaborating on something else. And We'll watch it grow, and everybody else, of course, will be pitching in with
1: their bits and pieces, and yeah, we'll see how this pans out in the future. yes, and brain and body are so interconnected, people are, you know much better these days with more education. people understand the gap brain as well, and how we all mix together so if what do you do with helping people not be invisible, be seen, be as best, the best person they can be, have the best mindset they can have and the confidence that they really want it. You've got to feed that brain as well. And that brain's got to be healthy and 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 cognitive. And uh, and everything talks to each other. You know, for example, women have oestrogen, or we all have oestrogen in all our cells. And women's brain talks directly to their ovaries. It doesn't happen with men. They've got ovaries for start, but it doesn't talk directly to anything that produces testosterone in men. So, and when we get in menopause and our oestrogen lowers quickly, Mm -hmm. then oestrogen, one of the jobs of oestrogen, is to stimulate neurons and keep that brain young and healthy. And when it goes down, if it goes down with a dip and we Mm -hmm. don't eat well, um, and particularly if we eat badly, so there's another effect, then the, the neurons get very tired and lazy and slow down. And the effect of that is that the brain makes plaques that can go on to be Alzheimer's, and they think that's why wow. more women have Alzheimer's than men.
0: That's interesting fact. I mean, I didn't yeah. really realize that, but that's really but that's simple. powerful.
1: Simple. You need to eat fruits and vegetables, and particularly vegetables that are high in estrogens, because plant estrogens can mimic female estrogens. Sage, for example, is very close to mimicking female estrogens. So you just need to push those neurons enough to not that let that happen. And that's brilliant preventative health care, isn't it?
0: Honestly, you're full of knowledge and full of um facts which are so interesting. What would you say is what what are you planning for the future then? What what comes next? I mean the Health Academy is the project that's at the moment and will grow. Um mm. you know, and also everything that you're doing is about promoting that. Um so what can you see next after that?
1: I think it'll it, it just be um, the thing about the Health Hub Academy and what, the, what we're using now, you can expand exponentially where you couldn't with the others. And so I want we get everything in there. The first thing I want is to work less hours because I did this. To, <laughs> and yeah. It's time for money. But it's nearly there and I can see the end of the tunnel and, and I do enjoy it. But I want to go back to my four holidays a year as well. So, um, the idea is to bring more people in. I just want to share it. I want my legacy to be all the knowledge I've got, like things like that. I've got a mind full of these tips and tricks and things. I don't want to die with it. I want to leave it as my legacy. And this is my way of spreading that. But also, it'll give people an opportunity to build a business that is not exchanging time for money, that is really, um, it it, is passive. I, I, I don't believe that most people want a completely passive income like an well maybe they do want an inheritance and they can do what they like but the, the best thing is to have purpose in life isn't it and and yeah. feel that you've achieved something I think so that's for me that is important I like think it is for a lot of people so to do enough that keeps this ticking out all the time but at the same time helps others grow and that we all grow together and the the mission statement of the health academy is to help health thrive globally and so we're already in sweden and a couple of contacts in the us so and dubai so we need to we need to get this grown and get everybody understand the potential and use it to its full
0: i think um i think your mission and my mission are very much aligned in terms of we are here a to leave a legacy and B to make a difference. And, you know, if you can leave that behind, then you've done a great job. And I think, as you said, it's no use having all that knowledge and people can't tap into it after one goes that yeah. whilst you're alive, you can actually put that out and help so many people and for years to come as well. I think that's a phenomenal legacy to leave behind.
1: Yeah, well, we'll do it together. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm with you. I'm certainly with you. Um, yeah. So what would you say, um, what tips would you give to the younger generation? Anybody who is less than 50. So let's go with that first of all. Okay. So five tips that you would give somebody who's younger from what you've learned.
1: Okay, first of all, live live every day. Be in the moment. Don't let days slip by without remembering them for some reason or what other. And um, that's the one thing about having a sick child taught me is to be in the moment and appreciate, you know, when we had him. Mm-hmm. Think, and and if we've got no reason to be brought into the moment very often, we, we you know, we, with mobile phones and all the electronic equipment, we're, we're not in there. We started to see the world through um, movie cameras, didn't we? And now we're on our phones. So just be in the world and just be and, and enjoy that. That's the first thing. Secondly, too, there's, there's so many, so much bad news around um, these days that you don't need to hear the news five times a day. Oh, um, uh. And once a week is enough, that you can't change the world by, you know, listening to it five times or whatever. So don't listen to the things that are, are going to bring you down. Concentrate on your path one step at a time um, and believe you can do it. But also, don't be... Um, t- uh, so no, immovable, don't be immovable. If something comes, be careful not to go off the path and end up on somebody else building somebody else's dream. I'm really good at going off the path. I've done things in life to stop <laughs> me going off the entry. look at that shiny thing over there. But try and, you know, keep it on your way where, where you want to be. But think you about work. your four
0: holidays a year. That's what you need to keep your focus on.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, Make sure you, you, um, it's an opportunity, just mm. just to investigate it. That's, I like Richard Branson saying, if you see an opportunity, jump in and learn about it after.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. You
1: can jump out again,
0: yeah. <laughs> or, or build a dream as you go down, right? That's the one. Yes,
1: yes. Um, <laughs>
0: um, so that was, I think that was number three. Number four.
1: Number four, um, yeah, just, just don't let anyone else, um, rain on your parade, don't let anyone else put your down what you're saying and it's very often your closest people to you. very often your closest right is why are you doing that you can't do that you know i have had that so many times yeah i think
0: a lot of people have actually i think that's what stops a lot of people from moving on that's why their mindset is set where it is because um all these limiting beliefs that they have which are from other people or even sometimes themselves but mostly from what's
1: around it triggers your little voice on your shoulder doesn't saying, yeah they're quite right you can't do that so don't go on that, that spiral um and then i've got i've got a, a system which is my friday list so i put lists there and I, that i've things i've got to do and I keep, some things i will just keep moving to friday then come friday most of them have disappeared and sorted themselves out anyway so i don't worry about don't worry about things that are you know that are not mega important so don't sweat the small stuff in fact and then do the friday and if you just let it go and just let it carry on and don't interfere with it very often it'll sort itself out
0: well that's a good one for me to know because if i need to kind of reach out to you and give you ask you for something i can do it on the friday rather than the monday <laughs>
1: you in my paper
0: absolutely I'll keep that one in mind
1: <laughs> no but I'll probably answer you because I like it you see if I don't like it I'll put it to the bottom but yours would be fun so it'd be all right oh, oh,
0: oh how bless you for that
1: can so the you make a list of all the members that are so so I go yeah Rob yeah and that would be on Friday <laughs> and then say don't worry I can pick it out pick it out to the system and I'm like yeah
0: great Done. It's already done for you. Yeah, that's
1: sort of Fabulous. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Fabulous. And what about if we were going to give three tips to anyone who's over fifty, because this is what this podcast is about, because okay. you know, it's about making people visible and not invisible. So how would people change their mindsets if they're over fifty about what where to go and what to do next?
1: Okay. So first of all, just think who you are, because you get laid people to you as somebody's mother. You know, oh there's some mother, oh well, I'm just going to talk to Jimmy's mother, you know, <laughs> so we're somebody's mother and then we're somebody's, or we're somebody's wife first, you know, we're Mrs. Somebody, somebody's wife, then we're somebody's mother, then we're the the lady from the law firm, the lawyer or the carpenter or the whatever, we're, we're labelled by our, 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 what we do. Um, or if something happens to us, like myself and my child dying, You find out, oh, you're the lady whose child died, you know? -hmm. People Mm -hmm. label you. So don't let that happen. Just in your own head, know who you are and that you are a person, no matter whether you're married or whether you're somebody's mother, you are a person and you come in this world alone and go out alone and you are you. So make sure you you know who you are. And if you're not happy with who you are, just think about why and take some action on it. Um, And mostly think about is it, because of somebody else's opinion, not your own. And then the second one, I think, would be over the years, tend to think, oh, I'd love to do that. People meet people, I'd love to do that. So write down things you really want to do and then make a point of doing them. Write them down, put a date the time you want to do them and then make sure you fit them in and look for opportunities. And you'd be amazed once you put it on your list and you do that, it crops up. It's like you want to buy a red mini and suddenly you see all the red minis, don't you? it's a law of attraction isn't
0: it that's what it is
1: yeah yeah law of attraction you write it down it's in your head so then you start to see and you hear about an opportunity and then absolutely you'll get you'll get that done Um, and then people you know especially younger people I was somewhere yesterday and there's a young guy who's doing a brilliant science degree working in this place and he was a lovely lovely young lad knew all about the plants and about the insects and everything. It was fantastic. And I said, You're amazing. I love to see people in science, but not just in science, but understanding the health and wanting it to be pristine and And he said, Oh blah, blah, blah. and then somebody, uh, my friend who was with me said, um he said, Oh, he said, I'd love to, you know, listen to you, you are interested in about the nutrition side and everything. And he said, You know Sue is seventy five and he nearly fell off his chair. <laughs> because you know <laughs> he's what eighteen, well, you know, I should be home lying down in, you know in the dark room and knitting or something because young people tend to think of over fifties as older people, Absolutely. Even now, it's getting better, but don't 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 take up the old card, whatever, don't take the retired card, don't take up the old card, um just think I've got time now to do me, and there's no reason why you can't do anything differently to when you were younger. I'm just as fit now as, well as I was when I was thirty you feed your body well, look after it, get plenty of sleep, hydration, and plenty of fruits and vegetables, it'll keep on working.
0: Oh, what advice. I mean, that is so powerful. And you've summed it so well. I mean, it's true. I mean, this is what this is all about, right? So, you know, you're not invisible after 50. You know, all the women who will come onto this podcast going forward have all their stories and, you know, um, they're there and they're doing the work. You're doing the work. I'm doing the work. And, you know, we have so much to show the world. And this is what we're, the message that we're trying to put out is that look at us. We are not, we are not going into the corner with our knitting needles. We have so much energy and drive. And in fact, what you've been saying about health, because before I came to Bristol, I decided that I was going to get myself fitter, stronger, more active. Went plant-based in over um, COVID, um, and that's so my whole so my diet is plant, and yet you know, and also I've put the exercise in, and I feel better for it. But I'm going to carry on. It's not something I'm going to give up. It's something that's now in my mind, body. And it's kind of in my soul now. This is the way I'm going. This is what I'm going to feed it with. Because once, if you don't do that, the consequences are dire. Oh. And you just think, well, I don't want to go there because my father had diabetes and all those illness associated with that. And, you know, being of Asian descent, you're more prone to things like that. And you just go, no, I'm going to stop that here. I'm going to carry on and do the all the good things that I need to do, and feed my body well. So, I think you've summed it up so powerfully and so well, and you're an, an excellent advocate for that as well. So, well done, you.
1: I so. Just say about that. When you said about your father is that we we're predisposed to things yeah. But it doesn't mean we have them. Yeah. So we know now that if we change, m- my family's full of heart disease. But I changed wherever I wanted to go. So if you change it, it's like a computer gate. Yes, no. So that doesn't happen. It, it takes yeah. it lot But we know now that our children can inherit that. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know that before. We didn't know whether the gene went through. Mm-hmm. And now we know that the children inherit the new one, the new way of of gene expression. So there's oh. a whole different talk on that, which is fascinating.
0: Well, Thank you very much. I mean, I can... Not thank you enough for being here and not thank, thank you enough for, it. no, it's been excellent. And I can just say, just to finish off, I am so excited to be working with you and all the pieces of work that we're going to do in the future. I am excited. I just need to crack on and do it now, yes. which I'm <laughs> amongst <laughs> everything fair. else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So thank you, Sue, for being on here and thank you for giving your time. And um, let's work together in the future.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been
0: lovely. Thank you. Thank you for listening to You're Not Invisible After 50 podcast. If you want to hear more about some amazing women over 50 who are kicking ass and making impact, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast right here only on Spotify. Make sure you also check out our other services at www.roaringahead.com or follow at Roaring Ahead on Instagram or Facebook. And always remember, life doesn't end at 50, in fact, it's just beginning.